Well, welcome. You're listening to The Human Resource. We're connecting with you from the ICRC station in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my name is Pandy. I've got a topic for you today (laughs) that some of you are absolutely going to cringe at, but when I when I get started on this, the, the reason I, I wanted to talk about this today, you'll you'll understand it's not as bad of a topic as, as it may sound. But how many of you have thought about creating a menopause-friendly workplace? I don't don't turn the podcast off. I, I know what some of you are thinking. I this is a serious topic. I, and it's not, I don't want this to blindside you, but this is not an unreasonable or unrealistic conversation. And, and some of you really need to get prepared for this. Um, it wasn't until, you know, there's some research out there. And, and, and yes, you see some of these topics coming along. And let's think about it. How many things have happened in the past six months that we never thought were possible. We, we just never would have, as HR professionals or as business owners, we just wouldn't have seen the world going in this particular direction or see uh, the courts making certain decisions that they're making right now. But they are. And you're a decision maker in the company. You need to be, remember, I say proactive versus reactive. So today's topic, is why we should be thinking about a menopause-friendly workplace. And it wasn't really until uh, one of my favorite attorneys, and I know I've mentioned her in the past, but uh, Fiona Ong with Shaw Rosenthal wrote a white paper on just why we should be and looking at this. And, and from an HR perspective, how business owners and HR professionals should be evaluating what you're currently doing. Apparently, at the beginning of the year here in January, Mayor Adams in New York City actually stood up and committed to uh, making uh, policies and and creating a menopause-friendly workplace for the city of uh, city employees, uh, influencing policies and buildings. And I started when I read that, I thought, Oh come on, what what? How could that possibly be an influence? But then, as she goes on in her white paper, she d- d- you know talks about how over two thousand organizations in uh, the UK have already created an initiative for menopause friendly workplaces. In fact, the U.S. Department of Labor Women's Bureau hosted a roundtable in June to discuss the menopause transition, and work. So this is real, guys. This is, this is really real. So I went a little bit further and found an article in HR Morning written by Renee Kachi, and she did a really nice job with this article. So I want to pull some of the data that she was presenting because, quite frankly, um, I was a bit taken back by some of these details But from credible sources like the National Institute of Aging, it is estimated that individuals between the ages of 45 and 55 are prime ages for menopause. Now think about that, 45 to 55. 
we thought it was, in, in fact, if you ask the average person, they're going to say, oh, well, you know, late 50s, early 60s. No, 45. And then when you consider that some women, that menopause period can go from 7 to 14 years, take a look at your workforce how many individuals do you have between that age span that could be in menopause? The article then continues to say that there are 34 symptoms of menopause. So the ones that we most commonly think about, the brain fog, dizziness, irritable, irritation, um, those are just tip of the iceberg stuff. This thing can get extremely complicated. And in a time period where mental health is a major issue anyways, stack on menopause? What kind of a person is this? Or what kind of work environment do you have? When you think about, you know, these individuals struggling with things that they, that's so far out of their control. A Bloomberg study actually estimates that global menopause productivity losses will total $150 billion a year, meaning individuals going through menopause can be so off balance at work that your companies are losing productivity. You're losing inefficiencies. You're losing in maybe even your quality standards, who knows? In 2025, there will be approximately 1.1 billion people going through menopause. Now, again, 1.1 billion from a global perspective, maybe that doesn't sound like a major impact, but apparently a number of organizations believe that it's enough of an impact that employers need to start taking this into consideration. Now, those of you who you know watch the show or, or listen to the show, your wheels are probably spinning and you're thinking, wow, okay, how do I handle this one? And there's an organization called PEPI that works with employers around the globe to provide specialist support for gender-related health issues providing resources to employers seeking to create menopause-friendly workplaces. And they have a list of suggestions. So again, from Fiona's article, let me provide you with some thought. Employers should allow flexible working when employees are experiencing symptoms, including remote work, flexible uniform policies, and modified work schedules. Some of this you're already doing. So that doesn't seem unreasonable. In fact, one article I read from another source even said, organizations should start looking now at your sick policies. Are you still babysitting? Are you still asking for doctor's forms? Are you still questioning and challenging? And again, when we're talking about 34 symptoms, if you ask an individual who's going through this time period and struggling with these symptoms, they'll give them to you. But 
What are you going to do with that? Some of them may mimic other issues. So think about flexibility and think about just working around the needs of your business based on what this individual does. How about provide workplace modifications such as access to fans, good ventilation, ability to control the office temperature? Now that one might get to be a war zone if you've got an individual who wants to turn the temperature down to 60 degrees and you've got another individual on the other side of the cubicle who wants a heater underneath her cubicle, you know, under her cubicle for her feet. And I've seen that happen. So be very careful with that. But providing them access to cold water, oh, come on, that's basic. That That's really, really basic. Another recommendation is providing quiet places for them to go and just, you know, rest, shut down, especially if a migraine's coming on. Do you have a little space off to the side or would you, would, you, would you allow that individual to go home early? How about implementing training and education for all employees to raise awareness and understanding? That's a wonderful opportunity for you to partner with your broker for the health insurance plans that you're on. Talk to them about who your workforce is. I've got, you know, you, you well, they've got your census, so they know, but we've got a group of individuals who are 40 plus. Let's talk about working with stress. Let's bring in sources from our carriers that talk about menopause or talk about mental health. It should be free. Why not take advantage of that? How about provide access to treatment? including EAP, employee assistance programs, or specialized providers that specialize in really bad situations of menopause. Again, your broker is the perfect person to partner with. Surround yourself with people who have access to these kind of resources and use them. The, the biggest struggle here is developing a menopause policy. And here's where my caution steps in. Be very mindful that you cannot assume at any time that you just target all women between the ages of 45 and 55. We don't assume medical conditions. We don't assume disabilities. And not all menopause symptoms will qualify that individual for ADA or the Family Medical Leave Act. So those programs may not be accessible to the individual. But the key here is communication. You don't want to discriminate against someone. So don't label them. Don't judge them. But if you're seeing maybe a tendency Maybe the performance is lacking. Maybe they're, they are getting a little irritable. Maybe you're seeing them off balance a little bit. What are the most powerful words in HR? How can I help you? Help me understand. This is a perfect topic for the interactive process. And, you know, to be very truthful, employees will appreciate when you show the compassion 
and the interest to share in whatever it is that they're going through. It could be that maybe you've got a gentleman who, or a partner who has a spouse or a companion that's going through menopause. Maybe they're coming to work a little irritable. You know, we don't know. We don't know what any of our employees are going through. But we do know that we want them to be happy and healthy and safe when they come to work. And part of that means that we accept each other for who we are and who they are. And provide an environment where you all respect each other. Yes, we did it. We got through a conversation about menopause. And if by some odd chance we start seeing legislation for a menopause-friendly workplace, you'll be able to say you heard it first on the Human Resource. Thanks for listening.